Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, we're going to talk about the Not Acceptable campaign here at Consumers Energy with my guest, Trish Eddy. So, Trish, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Hi, I'm uh, Trish Eddy. I work for Consumers for the last four years. I am a member of PACE as one of the chairs, and I also work as a regulatory financial analyst. All right, Trish, now you mentioned PACE, and for those people who aren't in the know, what does PACE stand for and and what does that mean? So PACE is the Pride Alliance at Consumers Energy. Um, Basically, it's for all of our LGBTQ plus employees for a safe place for them to come or for any of our allies to get information and resources so we can help out our LGBTQ employees. Okay, so it's one of our seven ERGs. And I think, as you mentioned, it's not only a place for people who are in the LGBTQ community, but for those who are allies or for those who support your your efforts. Correct. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Yeah, that's a loaded question. Tell me about yourself. Um, So... (laughs) I spend most of my time analyzing things, Um, and uh, this year especially has been one of those years that just everything has gone wrong, I'll say, in my, in, you know, personal life and, you know, the world, and so it's been one of those years of reflection, quite honestly, so um, that's what I spend most of my time doing. I have two kids, uh, they're eight and four, daughter daughter who's eight, son who's four, so they keep me very busy. Um, so when I'm not at work, I am with them or my family. I'm very, very close to my family. So they, they keep me going. Well, that's good. You know, that's a fun age. My kids are all out of the house now. So I didn't think that I would miss certain ages, but I miss all of them. Yeah. It was fun watching them grow up. Um, so a few weeks ago, we had a panel here at Consumers Energy, a town hall, where we talked about uh, not acceptable. And we talked about a whole range of things. Uh, and so this campaign, I think, came out of some discussions that you had had on on prior panels and in meetings. And so could you talk to the audience a little bit about what is not acceptable and what does that mean? And um, what does that mean as sort of a movement within consumers? Yeah, sure. Um, so really, the not acceptable started back in June when we had our uh, Pace Virtual Pride Um, And I was one of the speakers and I identify as a lesbian. And so I wanted to speak about, you know, things that are still going on inside and outside of consumers that are just, you know, not right. And when I started writing my speech, it was not that they weren't kind. They weren't, you weren't being unkind. You weren't being, you know, um, you weren't being ignorant. You were just being not acceptable. And so I, uh, when I gave my speech, I listed a bunch of things like, how, you know, we don't offer uh, domestic partner benefits. And after each one, I would say that is not acceptable. Um, We have people that are told that they should use the bathroom on the first floor to make other people feel comfortable. And that is not acceptable. So I gave that to our PACE members, that speech to our PACE members. And um, our chief diversity officer came to me and said, I really like that. And I think that we should extend it to all of the ERGs. So then um, in the midst, then, then the Black Lives Movement came, Black Lives Matter movement came through and um, again, just fueled my fire even further how, you know, that is also just not acceptable. So we ended up doing a panel on Together We Rise um, back in July, I believe it was. So we talked to, to all of our um, 
black and brown coworkers about things that are just not acceptable um, way back then. So that was kind of, so it, it's kind of evolved since then. And so then after we had the, um, this Together We Rise panel, then we decided to kind of bring it full circle and make everyone realize like, look, this does not just happen to the LGBTQ community. This does not just happen to our black and brown coworkers. This happens everywhere. So we ended up bringing it back to all the all seven ERGs. And so on the panel, we talked about, you know, implicit bias and microaggressions that are just not acceptable. And, you know, this is this is an interesting point, because many times when we talk about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we look at it in the space of microaggressions and implicit bias, we think of those in racial terms. But I think what I learned from our discussion on that panel was that implicit bias isn't just reserved for uh, different races. So can you talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, I mean, an implicit bias is really just a judgment that you have about someone based on their appearance or, you know, something that you don't notice about them, whether that be, you know, this person doesn't have a degree, so they must not be very smart. Or, um, you know, this person is a single mother, so she has less time than other people. You know, it's just a, a judgment that you make. So almost a generalization or um, stereotype, it sounds like. Exactly. And so I've heard people talk about implicit bias in terms of if you have a brain, you have a bias and it's not good or bad. It just is. But it can shape how we how we treat people. Have you ever been impacted yourself by someone else's implicit bias? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. From the time I can remember, people have always assumed that I was a male going into a female's restroom. Um, so I've gotten plenty of comments like, you know, are you in the wrong restroom? Like the woman's restroom is over there. Um, I've, I've been an athlete since the time I was like five years old all the way through college. And so I rem I've and I was pretty good. So I was a uh, softball pitcher one time and one of the parents actually stood up and my dad was the coach. And he said, I want you to take that thing into the bathroom and make sure it's a female because only girls are allowed on this team. And, you know, it. I'll never forget that story because it just kind of like, wow, you know, just because of my short hair and being an athlete, you, you know, are, are judging me. Um, but it, it also impacted my life that everyone judges, right? But it's, it's when you say something towards somebody, it, you can keep it to yourself. And that's the part that's not acceptable. Right. Well, and I think that story really illustrates what, what not acceptable uh, means. So we know we know that people have their belief systems and that we may not necessarily be able to change people's um, beliefs, but it sounds like if we present our case, so to speak, and um, put this put the information out there, that people will listen and and uh, maybe we can turn some of some of that around. What what are your thoughts on how to overcome those implicit biases and how to how do we not display those unacceptable behaviors, um, not only in the workplace, but even in our friendships and in our families and in our homes? Yeah, and it's a tough question because everybody judges, right? Um, and we make assumptions without even, you know, trying. But I think communication and education are the key. So there's lots of things, you know, that if you just ask someone, then it wouldn't be an issue, you know, or um, if you educated yourself, even Google would tell you like, yep, that's probably not appropriate. Um, and 
just to have some empathy with our friends and our coworkers and understand that, you know, everyone's going through something. So just to be kind and, you know, especially with this world being turned upside down this year, like that's what the world needs right now is just kindness. I, I read a bumper sticker or something the other day I was driving along and it, and it, it said, you can choose to be anything, choose to be kind. And so I would I would completely agree. And, and doesn't that kind of go along with our cultural values? And if we look at our virtual safety and inclusion tailboard, we talk about listening to understand and not necessarily to formulate our next question. I think that would go a long way in um, having an empathy towards others. I may not have walked, you know, any time in your shoes, but I can listen to what your story is. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the person who is experiencing the bias also has to be, you know, thoughtful in educating that person because maybe they didn't even realize it. Maybe they didn't realize that they were offensive. Um, I'm one of those people that if I offend you, please tell me because I'm not purposely trying to hurt your feelings or be offensive. And I think, um, I think, I think it's on both sides, honestly. There has to be education on both sides and there has to be forgiveness and understanding on the other side. Now, if it happens again, that's a different story, but um, there were many examples that were given on the, you know, Together We Rise panel and on the Not Acceptable panel that people are like, oh, I didn't even think about that because you've never gone through it. Well, and I think it speaks to upbringing and um, culture and where did I come from and things that may be acceptable in my house or in my family or in my culture may be offensive or not acceptable outside of that. Um, I know I've traveled to a lot of places as my, you know, part of my time in the military, and we always had to take a look at the culture that we were working with to be sensitive to, to um, their needs and, and and what their thought process was. And why wouldn't we do that with our coworkers? I mean, we spend more time together sometimes than we do with our families. It's very true. Yeah. And speaking of culture, I went to Japan. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of a story. I went to Japan and there was a lady that was um, going around just one of the flea markets and she was picking stuff up and looking at it and then putting it down. And there was this Japanese woman behind her and everything that she touched, she picked up and she put in a bag. And so at the end, she went up to the lady and told her like she had owed, I don't even remember what it was, like over $100 worth of stuff. And the lady's like, whoa, well, apparently in that culture, if you touch something, it's yours. You don't just pick up things just to look, you know, and so had she done some research, she would have known that and, you know, not been offensive. But I think, again, there has to be some education and some leeway on both sides. So it's understanding the people you're with, understanding the culture that you're in uh, and so on. I want to go back to the PACE panel uh, because I was on that call and I remember you talking about not acceptable and you read off that that list of of things um and you were it was very powerful you were very passionate about hey you know this really isn't acceptable and uh, again i think it was very educational because from my perspective some of those things until i really could put them look at them through your eyes so to speak didn't seem like a big deal um but they are that everyone has a story and while you may be going through something and the thing that you're going through is much larger than what somebody else is going through their struggle is just as real to them um, as your struggle is to you and i think that that also uh, is helpful uh, in this conversation about, about how we treat people 
Yeah, absolutely. I think bringing to light just little things that you don't think about. Like, for instance, you know, when I go into a restroom, I'm I'm told that I look more feminine if I smile. So I make a very conscious effort if someone is looking at me, like, and I can tell, you know, that they're wondering if I'm in the right stall, like, I'll smile. And then it's like, oh, okay. But, you know, but people don't think about that. You know, when you want to, you just want to do your business and get out, you know, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But it is to me. It is to, for other people. So, well, and that speaks to bringing your whole soul to work, Trish. Exactly. If you don't feel like smiling that day, should you have to smile to prove that you're a woman? Unfortunately, right? that's not the world we live in. <laughs> I, I think uh, you know, in, in talking with others, I think we've come a long way, which is good. But I think you know, we have a long way to go as well. I agree. I think we've made huge strides this year. I think the Together We Rise panel was extremely beneficial. Um, I think we did great things last couple weeks with the Unacceptable panel, and we also had the video that came out. Um, and then we're going to have, you know, a right-way newsletter that kind of follows it up. So, um, so yeah, we've made huge strides, but there's still a ton of work to be done. Well, in um, I think that's true along with like Fair and Equal Michigan and mm-hmm. and how that's coming along. Uh, I know that that they're either very close or they have the signatures. Do you know where we're at with that? I do not. I have not talked to Trevor. Last I heard, we were very close. And I'm sure if it happened, we would be blowing up Facebook. So I don't think we're there quite yet. (laughs) Yeah. I know I get an email every couple of days, and I know they've had quite a few meetings. So, uh, And that's another area where I think as a company, we help support outside of the company um, some of those efforts, which has helped change uh, the culture outside the company, uh, very similar to uh, support of the Black Lives Matter uh, matters um, movement and uh, those sorts of things where we it's not just enough to sit back and say, I support you or I disagree with that, but it, you have to stand up and actually do something now. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it helps that we have a CEO that is 100% behind DE&I and that things are not acceptable and, you know, our culture a cultural shift has shown it, and you know, going forward, I'm really excited to see what the new DEI culture and strategy comes up with, um, so we can move forward. I have the utmost confidence. So a lot of exciting things going on in that space, and a lot more to come towards the end of this year, and also into next year. Uh, as we get close to wrapping up the podcast, though, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Any uh, words of wisdom or advice you'd like to give before we go? I would just like everyone to, um, you know, just look inside themselves. I'm, I judge people too. I'm not perfect by any means, but if my mom always said, you know, if, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it, you know, and I think some of us need to go back to our six year old selves and just remember that because you can have judgments, you can have that implicit bias. That doesn't mean you have to say it anything out loud. All right. Good advice. I remember my mom saying that. Sometimes I share that with my kids even today. So thanks a lot, Trish. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Bill. And thank you to the audience for being here today as well. Be sure and tune in next week when we start our series of discussions with veterans who transitioned from the military into the civilian world.